I feel like when it comes to building my business, I've, I am super, super precise and very rigid when it comes to um, building the company because I feel like I just have to be. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's American Whiskeys, and by Heaven Hill Brands. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. Fred here. I'm gonna gonna perk you up today. Today's gonna be about coffee. You're gonna hear me talking to a couple different coffee makers uh, coming up throughout the week. Now we're gonna have two episodes before uh, Christmas, because I want to make sure that you get the presents that you need. So this is, I'm a big fan of coffee and Sarah, Sarah Wynn is like a, uh, is an astonishing entrepreneur. She is bringing back uh, Vietnamese coffee, bringing some cred to it. And you're going to learn about that, uh, here coming up. But I got to tell you too, as a professional taster, uh, I am not always, I'm not always adept at the tasting techniques in, in other areas. I've honed in my skills as a spirits taster, you know, and I've got uh, I've got the old old days in my wine world, but I I've just always been kind of like a coffee connoisseur. I've never really uh, studied it, uh, you know, the way I do spirits or beer or wine or mead, and so this was kind of a fun crash course um, in learning about uh, tasting coffee and like going through how a professional does it. You know, I love learning and you know, I love tasting. So giddy up for what is a great episode and also an idea for a gift if you haven't gotten one yet. But first, a word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other, passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. Hey guys, Michael Malice here. Be sure to check out my weekly podcast, You're Welcome with Michael Malice, now on Podcast One. You might know me from my terrible Twitter, my horrible books, or the nonsense I spout on podcasts like Rogan and Glenn Beck. It's all there. Are you black-pilled or white-pilled for the future of the UK? What is a man? <laughs> what is a man? What is a no? I, what is the, I, are you white pilled or black pilled? No seriousness, girl. No, 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 I love the Jesse piece of question. <laughs> the fact that you discovered that gives me hope for some of the things that I've still got well, that are missing. Well, if you need James G. Blaine's autograph, you are welcome to it. Of course, being the co author of How to Have Impossible Conversations makes you the perfect guest for this train wreck of a show. Uh, I, <laughs> new episodes are available every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and wherever you get your podcasts. You are welcome. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. 
From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller Dan McKee and our master of maturation Andrea Wilson say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Heaven Hill Distillery has been lifting America's spirit since 1935. They celebrate American whiskey's rich traditions, guide its evolution, and champion its exciting future. For Heaven Hill, whiskey is more than a profession. It's a personal passion that is poured into every bottle shared with newcomers and aficionados alike. So whether you enjoy the simple pleasure of Evan Williams bottled in bond or savor the uniquely satisfying experience of a rare single barrel bourbon like Elijah Craig, 18 year old, you'll find a home at Heaven Hill. If you want to learn more about the craft and techniques of making quality American whiskey, check out educational resources and sign up for their newsletter at heavenhilldistillery.com. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Cheers. All right, and joining the uh, Fred Minnick Show is Sarah Wynn. I've been watching your career, and it's fascinating to sit down with you in this amazing empire you built for coffee. <laughs> I'm so excited oh to be here. Oh my gosh, here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Fred. Absolutely. Now, you have, uh, we're, we'll get into like how you got here and everything, but you know, I have three little cups here labeled A, B, and C, and we have a blind coffee taste test. Yes. And as a professional uh, taster in the whiskey world, I get so excited about a blind taste test. Yes. I'm, I'm so stoked for this. Amazing. So I really like starting people off with a blind taste test because one of our goals as One Cost Plot is to really break down preconceived notions or misperceptions around, around Vietnamese coffee and around the Arabica and the Robusta bean. Right. So instead of telling you this is this or this is that, I just want you to experience coffee because really coffee is such a personal and subjective experience. Right. But so much of coffee culture today has become so elitist, right? Um, and so and really rooted in mastery or purity. And so for us, we just want to strip away the labels, the titles, and just have you connect with the coffee as is, and we'll see how it goes. And of course, you know, you're... You're solely focused on Vietnamese coffee. Yes. Second largest uh, coffee producer in the, in, world. in the world. Yep. And it gets, um, you know, I, I, I know you, you're, you're out there all the time, you know, bringing out the quality and the discussion of the quality here. But, you know, when you talk about the Robusta and the Arabica bean, you know, you don't think of Starbucks and places like that, that, right. you know, they're not championing those, you know, and that, and I think that's where, where we have an issue in terms mm -hmm. of the mainstream world. Yes. Uh, and you're here to change all that one cup at a time. Exactly, yeah? one cup at a time. Well, let's start. All right. So right in front of us right now, um, Fred, we have three cups of coffee. They're all ground. And why don't you go ahead and take a sniff of A, okay. B, and C and just 
tell us what you're what you're smelling, sure. what you're feeling. And well, first of all, tell the audience like before, while you were prepping for this, yeah. you were weighing each. You were weighing the cup. Yes. And then you were pouring uh, the uh, un uh, ungrinded beans, the yep. full bean yep. in there, and you were weighing that. What what was the purpose of weighing? Like, how can like uh, with too much like throw off a scent? Like, you need it all equal, or you know, it's not about too much or too little because when it comes to water coffee ratio, that's really subjective, right? Some people want a higher coffee to water ratio or a lower coffee to water ratio depending on the concentration they want. But for this exercise together, it's just about consistency. Um, yeah. If I want you to experience each coffee profile, um, I want them to all be prepped the exact same way, right? right? So when I was weighing the cup, I was actually tearing the cup, zeroing it out. And then I was placing 17 grams of coffee beans in each cup. And then I would grind it and then place it back in the cup. So in the first uh, in the first smell, I, you can definitely tell they're different coffees. Mm -hmm. You know, definitely very different. A... I, I, I'm having a hard time describe what I'm smelling in in A. Maybe maybe some spice and some mm. earthiness. Mm -hmm. um, in in B, B feels a, a lot more familiar to me. Oh, okay. You know? I should have asked Fred. I'm sorry. Are you a coffee drinker? Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> okay. Great. Yes. Okay. So now that we know. Yeah. So <laughs> I I will say that I, I get asked all the time like. For some reason, this is one of the questions people want to ask me is like, if you could give up whiskey, would you do it? Or if you had to give up whiskey, I'm like, I could give up whiskey tomorrow. It would be not, it would be no issue. You take coffee away from me. <laughs> I will be I'll be out there with a baseball bat ready to fight. You know, you cannot take coffee. From Welcome my to the Fred Minnick show, a yeah. show about coffee beans. <laughs> <laughs> so what's like what's your personal coffee oh, profile? Like, how do you drink it? Are you a oh, black, black person? Yeah, black. All, okay. All black. Um, do you have a favorite hey, brew method, like auto drip, espresso? Uh, I, I'm a French press. Nice. I love French press. You know, we're we we we've gotten ourselves in a we have we have a Keurig, we have mm -hmm. uh, a coffee machine, a basic one. Yep. Uh, and then I do a lot of French pressing. Nice. The so you like it nice and bold. I do. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about when you have kids, when you have two young kids. Nothing is safe in the house. We've had two French presses break. Oh, yeah. The only French press I have left is a Mickey Mouse one, and they won't touch any, you know, they won't touch that. It's like it's a sacred little copy press. You know, it's funny. You know what won't break, though? Tell me. A stainless steel yeah, Vietnamese fiend filter. That's true. <laughs> and, you know, when I go, when I, when I go to restaurants, that's what they will bring. Yeah. They'll bring the stainless steel. I don't know why I've never bought one. Yeah. yeah. It makes no sense, given the... <laughs> Give the track record. It's nice to had. see the glass and the coffee brew. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I, I feel like C is a little fruity. Mm. But it's not like a uh, like a sweet fruit. It's more of a kind of a pungency fruit. Yeah. So, so for you, Fred, as a like a for you as a coffee drinker, which cup would you want to grab first and drink first? A, B, or C? No, oh, well, now that's a hard question. Based off of the initial smell. Yeah. Because it changes a lot once we start to add water. I'm probably going to say C. Mm, okay. I like the pungency of C. Nice. Okay. All right. Should we add some hot water into it? Let's do it. All right. And she's going to go back and to uh, add some hot water. Let's kind of paint a picture for you. This is an active uh, uh, roasting house. You know, there's there are people like uh, walking around 
He's got uh, one fella's, you know, carrying That's like Bowman. Bowman, Bowman is carrying uh, looks like three Uline totes, and there's a bunch of other like food grade totes over there. And, and everyone over there is actually part of our team. So our team, as you can see, is majority women. Okay. Packing beans, which is which we love to see. One, two, three, four, five, like five out of six over there, women packing the beans. And so they're packing the beans, and he's roasting them. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the water is at 199 degrees Fahrenheit, 200 degrees. Once it hits 205, we'll pour it in. Sounds good. Yeah. So what is the, uh, you're very, everything I'm seeing about what you're doing here in a very short time frame, you're very precise. <laughs> very precise. Is that- I'm a Virgo. Is it, So is that, a, is that a trait you've always had? Like, I'm very precise. Interesting. You know, it's funny. I feel like in my personal life, I'm not very precise. I'm quite- uh, I don't want to say messy. What's a what's a pseudonym for messy? Uh, Free. Creative. Creative. Yeah. <laughs> um. So in my personal life, I'm not like like I I don't like Marie Kondo in my life at all. I'm quite free. Um. In my personal life, but when it comes to work and business, I've built the skills to be a little bit a little bit more precise. It's just a different objective. Yeah. But you're also like you know you're running your own business and like sometimes personal like. Uh, you know, in in um, and business kind of like flow together, right? Or is this is this like is this like you know the your personal life is your secret identity, and like this is like your superhero kind of kind of world? As she's pouring in the water, there's a like a little uh, cake. It looks like a wet brownie. Right yeah. Okay, that's called the crust. It looks like a wet brownie. So there was no there's no filter here. We're going in. We're going full in immersion. Long. Full immersion here. Um, timer. Yeah, let's do four minutes. Uh, three and a half. The aroma is just epic. It's um, um, they're now like the a lot of bitter notes are kind of coming so, off. Yes, yeah, so top. at this stage of the cupping thread, you can actually kind of like get close and do some um, some more whiffs of coffee mm -hmm. to see how it smells at this stage. And I should bring a little closer. You know, um, but to answer your question. I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. I feel like when it comes to building my business, I I am super, super precise and very rigid when it comes to um, building the company because I feel like I just have to be, you know, like especially as a small business, there's very little room for error um, and very little room for. <laughs> um, she's, she's chuckling because I'm, I'm taking a picture. Here. You know, you got to. You got to do all this like like, like little photo that you're going right. I mean, all the multitask, all the hats. Um, the but yeah, social media stuff. I feel like I'm constantly um, when it comes to building like this business, or when it comes to building any business. I think my approach is always about how do we just become better every day. How do we achieve you know more optimizations, more efficiencies? And I think with that, that's where a lot of the precision comes in. Well. I you're you're also very very candid. It's not just about money for you, you know. And you know, I, I think when when you and I'm the same way with my show. You know, I've had a, a very uh, diverse of like platform and strategy for my show. You know, especially last year. And when you have um, when you take some of that kind of stuff on, you know, you realize it. it sometimes it's bigger than than you or the show and like you you have created um a company not with just diversity in mind but you are very focused on that as a strategic core yeah part of the company yeah 
Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I absolutely agree. I mean, I it's funny because prior to starting this company, I had zero experience in coffee. I never even worked in a cafe, right? I've worked in restaurants, but not in, not in a cafe. And I've also had zero experience in importing, roasting, CPGs, D2C, like all of it, right? So it's when people ask like, well, how did you start this company? And I'm kind of like, why did I decide to start one of the most difficult companies, right? With sure. importing, exporting, roasting, all these things. And it's not because like, I just really want to challenge myself. It was because I really want to make a difference because I felt like there was something so incredibly um, unjust that was happening in the coffee industry, particularly as it relates to Vietnamese coffee in the Vietnamese coffee community, that I wanted to change that. And that led me to start this business. And you're first generation uh, born American. Correct. And, and you know, and I, I, I love Vietnamese food. I love Vietnamese culture. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite, um, you know, restaurants in uh, San Francisco is, uh, um, now I can't even remember the name of it, so it tells you how much I, but Charles, <laughs> Charles Spann is, yeah. the, yes, is, yes. Uh, is, the, is the chef. And uh, forgive me, Charles, I, I know, uh, I know, I owe you a bourbon for that one, uh, but Charles and I. Are I know, you know what? It's it's slipping from my mind too. I know exactly I what you're talking about. Can't remember the name. It's now, something door. I know. Wait, wait what, what is it? Blind? Not the blind? No. It's something, something door. door. Slant the door. That's it. Slant is that the it? Door. Yes, it. I get yes. a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Charles is a big um, is a big whiskey fan. I remember having a conversation with him about the disrespect that Vietnamese food gets. Yes, yes, yes. And, and um, one of your interviews, you talked about like, there's such beautiful communities in Vietnam. Mm. And you know, if you could explain to the audience a little bit of what what is so beautiful about the Vietnamese like culture and, and community. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, the first thing that comes to mind is like when I think about visiting Vietnam, the first thing that comes to mind is how generous the people there are and how hospitable how hospitable they are there. Um, there's just so much love and joy in every touch point of Vietnamese communities from the street vendor selling you a bun mi, right? Or from the, the person making your coffee or the person like pulling you like a bowl of pho. There's just so much love um, for, for everything that they do. And then when it comes to just the countryside, like if you travel Vietnam from the north to the south or vice versa, there the country as one country, there's so many beautiful um, regions and areas and they all differ so much from each other. Right. So you're really getting like a rich, diverse experience of many, many cultures within one, I feel. They were also... Uh they, a couple of years ago, they were the fastest growing uh, bourbon importer. Really? Yeah, they yeah. they they drink a lot of bourbon there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's rising. I mean, I don't know where they are now, but uh, well, I think it's I think for Vietnam, I feel is like becoming. I feel like Vietnam is becoming like the Silicon Valley tech hub of Southeast Asia because yeah. there's so many people from outside of Vietnam. Call them expats. Call them immigrants. Call them you know people who just want to migrate settling roots in Vietnam. So there's this unique intersection of outside money coming into Vietnam, investing in the culture and economy and society. And then that's where we see things like mm -hmm. a surge in whiskey or bourbon imports, right? It's really fascinating. Very dynamic culture right now. And it's, you know, it's been a long time since this happened, but what most people think of when they think of Vietnam is, is the war. Yes. And as, you know, as time has, has healed a lot of those wounds, we see we see people traveling to Vietnam 
and there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of like vacation, but vacations happening there. Even veterans going back to uh, to places there. As she's gra grabbing coffee, I bring so, up. So I know I was so distracted. I set a timer for three minutes, but it said three hours, and I was like, "This is taking so long." So this is where my precision failed. Friend. Oh, okay. okay. So right now we're gonna break the crust, and I'm gonna um, clean the crust for you so you can start sampling. Okay. And as I'm breaking the crust, you can actually kind of like get a look. This is when the aroma comes out. Usually, if I were doing this, I would place my nose right here, okay. break the crust, and bring the aroma back and forth. Alright, so I'm going to, should, should I do that? Yep, and I'm going to keep the spoon so I don't contaminate it. It's hot. It's hot, yeah. <laughs> it's too hot for me to pick up. It's right. too hot, yeah. We want to do it. I'm going to break this crust now. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Good morning. We're live with the Brent Minnick Show. Just kidding. Can <laughs> you smell great. it? Yeah, it's so beautiful. And what oh, I what I love what I love about doing a cupping is that the experience of coffee changes so much from the grinding to the initial smell to initial pour to breaking the crust to right. taking the sip. So very interested to hear how your experience changes through all these different steps. All right, that's the last one. Absolutely. So we're gonna let it cool for a little bit after you take a, a sniff here. Okay. After you take a sniff here, Fred, I'm gonna clean the top for you and okay. then we'll go into the sampling. All right. Yeah, as you were, you know, so graciously preparing the, the tasting, I, I, I was just talking about like the the return to like tourism uh, from the United States to, to, to Vietnam and, and how that's a really warming thing to see right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it is the holiday season. What are some like uh, some some holiday celebrations in, in Vietnam that uh, that take place? Uh, great question. So in Vietnam, like they, they do celebrate Christmas, like they call it Noel. And there are a lot of like, you know, there are folks who are who are Christian in Vietnam. But really, the biggest religion there is Buddhism. So to be honest, I've never celebrated Christmas in Vietnam. But I, I, I would imagine it's quite similar to here where they throw lights up. They might get a tree. I'm not sure what the pine tree import game is like out there, but it's not as big of a holiday as it is here. Okay. Yeah. What's bigger there is Lunar New Year, which is in February. All right. So Lunar New Year. Yep. What's the big feast? Like, what are the like the big awesome yeah. like, meals that are happening? Oh my gosh. So, I mean, there's there are a lot of like different dishes that are traditionally prepared for the Lunar New Year. Um, there are things like this sticky rice, um, like cake that has like rice. it's like sticky rice on the outside, and the inside there's like um, mung beans and pork belly, and it's like wrapped in in a banana leaf and it's steamed for like four to eight hours. Oh um, there's also like boiled chicken, which is a really popular um, dish. There's pork belly. Um, there's noodles. Um, yeah, a lot of it. A lot of fruits, too. That sounds awesome. Yeah. That but also, awesome. but I should mention, before we eat, so as, like, my family, my growing up, my mom will prepare these Lunar New Year meals. Um, but before we eat, we always have to pray. We bring all the food to the altar, and we pray, and we send the food up to our ancestors, and then we get to eat. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Have you sniffed each one of these? Uh, I have. Okay. What are you noticing at this stage, Fred, between A, B, and C as you're smelling them? 
Okay, and, and and I am in the boot, so I'm a little. So everyone knows that you know I hurt my Achilles, and like this is one where I don't want to get up and take a risk because I don't want to spill hot coffee on myself. Yeah, so. we're bringing it closer to you. Here we go. Slide it I, over. I got to move a few things around. So uh, gla glass A or cup A is is, is yielding some really kind of dark chocolatey kind of. Yeah, kind of a dark chocolate and some like nuts. Mmm, very different from earlier when you mentioned spices. Yeah, it's not spicy at all. Wow. On, on the nose. Uh, glass beam going back in. That, I hate to cop out here, but that smells like a bag of coffee. <laughs> well, you did say earlier this was this felt like the most familiar one to you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, I don't think this one changed very much. Okay. This one is, uh, if anything, it got consistent. Oh, got amplified. Reliable yeah. B. Reliable B. All right, here we go to C. C is like sloshing around here. It's just <laughs> saying like it's ready for me because this is the one that I flagged. You know, it's like this is the one I think I'd like the most drink. Oh boy, that smells gorgeous. Oh yeah. Loving C. I mean, I keep coming back to like this beautiful hazelnutty kind of mm. nutty kind of forward. There's just there's a lot going on there. Nice. So at this stage, which cup would you want to grab first? Still C. Yay! Amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So next, I'm gonna clean the top for you. Okay. And then we can get into the the sampling. All right. And we have an audience here too. Yes. Welcome, Rebecca and Mark, to the studio. Hi. Woo! How are you all? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so she's bringing the spoons in. Back to back, front to front. Skill technique, back to back, front to front. Is this how you take your coffee every day? I take my coffee every day as an espresso with steamed milk and a little bit of sweet condensed milk. So kind of like a Vietnamese cappuccino. Very nice. I have one of those home espresso machines. Great investment for the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. Clean the spoons in between each cup. All right, so glass A is completely clean. It's cleaned up. She's gone in for glass uh, B. Uh, what she's doing is she's uh, scraping around the rim, basically getting the uh, the grounds that might be right there, easily accessible. That's most of us drop down to the bottom. So I would imagine like you have a, a high-end uh, restaurateur clientele. That's a great question. That's a great thought. I do not. However, I, I mean, you we should, should change that. You should totally have like a, you know, like I like uh, a lot of people have a, like to have a nice cup of coffee after after their meal. So are you, what is your uh, clientele mostly? We are primarily direct-to-consumer, so okay. our clientele is all across the country in several countries around the world. Um, we ship everywhere, and then we have a growing wholesale arm. So we do have some restaurants and cafes around the country, and um, and then we're also in some New York City grocery stores. All right. Because, like, most coffee shops, they do their own coffee, you know? They don't, like... It's kind of... I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but they're kind of boring. Tell me more. Because they don't like, well, hey, check out our bean that we got from Guatemala over here, which we actually just bought from a wholesaler and put our name on it. Or or they say like, uh, you know, they have all the, they, they take one trip to somewhere 
like Honduras, Nicaragua, or Kenya, and they get all these photos and convey like, we're out there every single day. We're going into the fields <laughs> and we're helping people find their way here because we believe in fair trade. Right, and right. And then they charge you uh, six bucks for a crap cup of coffee. Right, right. You know? I mean, I, I that kind of like, I don't want to say it, say it, but- Say like, it. Most of the coffee places out there are kind of like scamming people. Tell me more. Wait, do you believe the same thing? No, I appreciate your perspective because if I said anything in this vein, I would just seem like a hater. But I want, I, I and I will elaborate once you're done. Well, you, if you could have, you could listen to many things I've said about whiskey, and I've been called a hater many times. It's not, it's a badge I'm proud to wear because I'm honest about it. Yeah. And yeah. and you know I know Starbucks gets a lot of shit, but I actually respect them because you know they're not. They're they're really not out there. They're a little bit more transparent than some of these like smaller independent companies that try to play off that they're they're doing everything themselves and they're not. They're not. Yeah, yeah. I have so many thoughts there. Can I share? Please. So the first thing I want to say is, you know, to your point about like when you said you felt like so many of these coffee shops or experiences are boring. That's where I for us. Oh, okay. I was going to. Oh, am I not allowed to smell? You're, you're not allowed to smell. You're not allowed to sip okay. yet. I'm going to show you okay. how to sip with a spoon. I want to okay. make sure it's not too hot. All right. For us, this is why our goal, that's why we, for us, that's why we're so committed to increasing diversity in the coffee world, right? And mm -hmm. when we talk about diversity, it's not just about how you look. It's about diversity in offerings, diversity in origins, diversities, diversity in drink recipes, right? right? It's just creating a more diverse and creative drink culture. And I agree with you. Like people ask me like, oh, where's like the best coffee shop or the best city for coffee in the world? I say, I, I say Ho Chi Minh City, Saigon has the best specialty coffee culture in the world right now. But people don't know that because they don't, they're not looking in that direction. And I'll tell you why. In America, I feel like the coffee culture here, everyone is aspiring towards the same standard, right? You walk into any specialty coffee shop, all the menus look the same, as you were saying, right? The beans right. are the same, the stories are the same, the approach is the same, even the drink menu is the same. And the nothing same damn syrups. They all buy the same damn syrups. It's right. got the little pump, like, oh, would you like a hazelnut latte? Right. It's the same freaking thing, city to city. And, you know, I, I love I love my syrups too, but for me, it's like, let's diversify the offerings, right? Yeah. But in here, the culture in America, the coffee culture in America is very much rooted around um, purity, mastery, and hierarchy. If you're not doing this, then you're not like a good coffee drinker or a good coffee shop right whereas in vietnam there's there, it's much more of a divergent coffee culture here it's convergent they're all converging to be one in vietnam no one cares about what the other person is doing they're not trying to mimic their menu you go there and you have a latte with like a star anise you go there there's like a calamansi cold brew spread so you go there and there's like a coconut coffee with the splashes it's so innovative and creative and that's why i think vietnam has like one of the best coffee cultures in the world right now um but what else were you saying Oh, private labeling mm -hmm. about the I'm so glad you mentioned that because I've you know, we are not in the business of private labeling. Um, some businesses are and that's totally fine. But for us, that's not our brand. Right. So it actually as a small business owner, as somebody who works really hard um, to develop every part of our supply chain from the sourcing, from the direct trade, from the importing to the roasting, to the roasting, to the packaging. We do all these. We do all these steps ourselves. We don't work with a middleman, Fred. So when people come to me and say, oh, can you private label your beans for us? It really hurts me because I'm just like, why can't we just talk about our partnerships? Like, mm -hmm. Why do you need to invisibilize me and try to put a, a your brand name on a bag and say, we're direct trade and we import and we source and we roll? So I'm like, that 
maybe for a private label business, you can go to them. But for us, it, it really hurts me as a small business owner. Can you tell them to fuck off? Or would that be untrue? No, I wouldn't say that. I just say we're not in the business of doing this. <laughs> Do you want to tell them to fuck off? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. To each their own. I, I try to keep it inclusive. All right. Yeah. All right. I think we're ready for some sampling. All right. So now, Fred, you can go ahead. I believe it's cool enough now. Well, you, you don't want to lift it up. You're going to use a spoon. No, 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 no. No? Yeah, a spoon, a spoon. I'm spooning it. A spoon. So what you can do is... This is a first for me. I have never sipped coffee from a spoon. Sip it from a spoon. And when you're done sipping, before you go to the next one, clean the spoon, okay? All right. All right. I'm going into glass A. I'll smell it one more time. Oh, that smells so good. So... I'm really big on like focusing on where something's hitting my tongue. Mm -hmm. This is really impactful uh, in the bitter spots of the mm -hmm. tongue. So side to the tongue, middle back, uh, but it's really powerful there. Just a touch of sweetness on the tip of the tongue. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go back in one more time, see what that sweetness might be. But there is a definite sweetness here. It's almost, um, it's almost a sweetness that's like, like a smoky honey. Ooh, smoky honey. Yeah, there's a like a lot of uh like African honeys out of like places like um Tanzania and Kenya where the they get really access to smoky like uh buckthorn. From stuff. your earlier experiences of like smelling it and sniffing it, how has it evolved to the final like tasting stage? Well I never thought I never saw this one being sweet. Started mm. kind of like uh like earthy. Yeah. Um and like this has got this has a lot this has a lot of sweet properties to it for mm -hmm. me. But the bitterness is is like a is is a pronounced uh, typical um you know bitterness that you would get like in a in a nut yeah. or like a nutshell. Isn't that like such an exciting part about coffee? And I'm sure you experience it too when you're tasting whiskey, how it can change. The experience can change during different approaches. Well, right? coffee can definitely change. Yeah. Whiskey doesn't. You know, mm. you change. The only way whiskey changes with the, you know, water, some time in the air, uh, you change a lot. You know, the way you taste today will be different than how you taste tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So uh, going to glass B, which I have said all along, it felt the most familiar to me. This is very savory. Uh, this is populating the middle of the tongue, which that's where I get my savory notes. This is like an after dinner coffee for me. Oh, so like um, I actually, you know, my wife is like, why are you drinking coffee before you go to bed? And actually, it's not how she sounds. If you're listening to this, baby, I love you. <laughs> I, I, I know that was a bad impression. Um, uh, please. Uh, that's actually my impression of her grandma. Or like her, <laughs> so I don't know why that one came out. But this is like a really good, you know, playing poker after, you know, right before yeah. you go to bed kind of thing. I I'd like to have this with a cigar. Yep. This has like a real tobacco-y kind yeah. of like, you know, flavor. So yeah. for all the cigarette smokers out there who love to have their morning coffee and cigarette, I think Glass B will be right up mm -hmm. your unhealthy alley. <laughs> But and you know, a lot of cultures around the world drink coffee at night, right? Yeah. All day. It's great for digestion. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, I, I need I need three cups in the morning, one in the afternoon, sometimes at um, you know, before I go to bed. Is 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 Glass B still the most familiar one to you? No, it moved. Uh, it shifted a little bit. Mm. Yeah, 
It, it was. It did not taste like I thought it would. Mm -hmm. All right, glassy now is the one that I've been craving. Uh, it's the one that I thought right away I wanted. Let's see. Oh yeah, <laughs> did not disappoint. Yay! Yeah, that was gorgeous. Oh man, let me go back in here. Now I'm just feeling it on my tongue. It's everywhere. Uh, it kind of curls up underneath a little bit, but it's also super focused on the tip of the tongue. Um, I'm gonna go with like this kind of like dark chocolate. Um, there's a touch of hazelnut in there as well. Yep. And um, I, I like it a lot. C and A, you know, kind of palette very similarly mm. on how they trace on the tongue. Uh, B is completely different, which is odd because I thought this was going to be the most familiar. But uh, I really, I really enjoyed this. Now I just want to. Now, 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 can I drink it without a spoon? Can yes, I just, like, if you want, go, but right. be careful. There are grinds on the bottom. I can handle it. I'm a big boy. <laughs> so, what's the worst cup of coffee you've ever had? The worst cup of coffee I've ever had. Um. The worst cup of coffee I've ever had are generally the ones where I drink it. And I'm like, ah, it's so sour. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Fred? Oh, totally. I, will, I won't call out any names, but I'm just kind of like, there was there was a whole period, you know, like five, six, maybe more years ago where everything was trending towards super, super light and super, super acidic. And as someone who grew up with like Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks, like, that just wasn't my familiar coffee um, experience. And I think that exploration was very exciting for the coffee world. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it should come with a warning on the cup. Like the cup you're about to purchase is not what you're familiar with. It's super sour. And I just didn't understand it. Yeah. So I, I served nine years in the army mm -hmm. and the coffee they served in that was like, it was like liquid. And then they would, uh, you know, put it in like a trough yep. and it would, it would come out as coffee. And it was the most disgusting. Oh no! Horrible, but it would wake you up, you know. So what did it taste like? Um, imagine leaving beans out uh, after they have been, you know, used. They're in a trash can for approximately a good week. A New York rats came by and like sniffed around them a little bit. They're molding over, um, and then you reintroduce hot water to it yeah that's probably what it would taste like but it, it, it got the job done woke you up it woke me up <laughs> i mean we're talking like you know 3 a.m guard duty stuff like that so like you really depended on it yeah and we would um there would be like uh you know care packages and stuff we'd get people would like the two things they would send most prominently baby wipes and like grounded coffee from somewhere mm. because nobody could handle um the uh, the copy that we got it was, wow. it was so bad wow i think it pretty much pretty well made a lot of people sick too yeah. all right so i see you reaching for cup c I'm so i'm assuming that's your favorite well right now it's a it's a morning cup okay morning cup yeah it's a morning cup i think b might be my favorite what tell yeah. me more <laughs> but then again i go back to a it might be my favorite well, you know that's the beauty of coffee like Coffee can be like depending on what mood you're in, what time of day it is, yeah. what you have going on that day. You want to reach, you may reach for a different cup of coffee, right? That's why coffee is so personal, so subjective, right? I, I want to smoke cigars with all three of these. Great. Uh, I'd like, I'd like a nice, nice like um, trim, light, uh, you know, touch of uh, sweetness to go with like a cigar from that caliber. Yeah. To go with me. 
and had like a big, bold, robust um, Nicaraguan cigar with the Connecticut wrapper. <laughs> and then, um, you know, see, I don't think, you know, see, I just want to drink. Yeah. I don't know if I want a cigar with it. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, as you recall, I told you at the top, I was like, I haven't had coffee all morning. Yeah. So what you're seeing here. Yes. You're watching the cobwebs kind of clear for my brain. Amazing. And that's a very important step in my day, every yeah. single day. I have to have my coffee. Yes. Okay, so are you ready to play the guessing game? Sure. All, All right. right. So A, B, and C, my first question for you, Fred, is which one of these cups, if any, or all, are Vietnamese coffee beans? Well, given that they were here, they're all yours? I don't know. Okay. Is there is there is there a twist in the plot here? <laughs> I'm going to guess all Vietnamese coffee beans. Okay. Why? Because yeah. I'm here. Okay. I'm at, I'm at, I'm at Win Coffee. All right. Ding, 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 ding. You are correct. <laughs> Everything you drank today were, were Vietnamese coffee beans. All right. So can I tell you a little bit about our beans? And then maybe yeah. you can guess which ones are which. Absolutely. So at Win Supply, we import two main varieties of Vietnamese coffee beans. We mm -hmm. import both Arabica and Robusta. And currently, if you kind of scan the market, go to a major supermarket or any of your favorite craft roasters, it is nearly impossible to find a single origin Robusta bean on the market because of perceptions, which we can get into later. So we import both because we're here to say we're not here. We're here to really break down this idea that one is better than the other, but rather they're just different and unique in their own way. And people deserve diversity in offerings. So we have Arabica Robusta. So for us, our offerings are we have a 100% single origin Arabica, a 100% single origin Robusta, and then we have a blend of both. Which cup do you feel is 100% Arabica? Well, I, 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 this is the part of my uh, of my coffee consumership where I come out and say, I haven't done a lot of like uh, coffee tasting to this magnitude. Uh, I can you, I'll give you some more. Maybe can you, can you break down a, a typical Arabica for me? Yes. All right. So let me um, share the main differences between Arabica and Robusta beans. So Robusta beans have up to two times the caffeine content of Arabica beans. Okay. And they also have 60% less fats and sugars than Arabica beans, right? So Arabica beans tend to be more fruity and more sweet because they have a higher um, like fat and sugar content. Oh. And the robusta beans um, tend to be a little bit more chocolate forward, nutty, bold. So you, so uh, then B, then B is the uh, so arabica is B. Arabica is B. Okay. Okay. Is Why? That right? Oh, arabica has sixty percent more fats and sugars than robusta. Robusta has sixty percent less fats and sugars than robusta, and double the caffeine content. So uh, okay, so so. So Arabica has less caffeine content. Yes. Yeah. So B B feels lighter in caffeine. Okay. Nice. So that would be it. Okay. And then what would you say is A and C? The other one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which one would you? Which one is? Which one would you guess is a hundred percent Vietnamese Arabica? A or C? I'm sorry. You guess B. Sorry. Yeah. Which one would you guess is 100% Vietnamese Robusta? A or C? Uh, A. I'd say A is the 100%. Um, uh, robusta. Okay, and then B is the blend. Oh, C is the blend. Yes. All right. That's my guess. Okay, so you are ding 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 correct on C is the blend. Yep. A and B are switched. That's switched. Yes. Really? So A okay. is one hundred percent arabica. So this feels like it has more caffeine, though. Interesting. B has double the caffeine of A. No shit. Yes. Wow. And B has sixty percent less fats and sugars than A. 
that doesn't taste like a lot of caffeine to me. See, this is this is this is wow. this is what's so powerful about narratives, right? And perceptions and how they oftentimes don't even match up. So there's this been there's been this perception that's been put out there that says Vietnamese coffee is gross, robusta beans are gross, robusta beans taste like burnt rubber tires. And then people just repeat these ideas without ever actually experiencing themselves, right? But robusta bean is a bean like any other bean and how you treat it, how you grow it, how you process it, how you roast it and then brew it will deliver a different experience. Yeah. So it's really surprising to me and amazing to me that you didn't think that bee was as quote unquote harsh as some people may assume um, because we because of how we grow, harvest, process and roast it. Uh, it didn't feel harsh at all to me. If Yay! Anything, if anything, it felt... Uh... Uh, you know, very clean and, and, and very easy. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. But also you got to remember my palate is like uh, drenched with whiskey and like a whiskey palate's very different than most humans. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're used to things that uh, yeah. a lot of people would think is, yeah. is hot or something and it doesn't, but I, I will say like, what's the, so like the flavor of caffeine, it, you know, I think um, I think that might be a hard one for me to like kind of discern what what is how can I d discern the flavor of caffeine? Yeah, great question. Um, for me personally, I, I I I'm not able to discern the flavor of caffeine, and I'm not really sure if caffeine has a distinct flavor. It's more of a feeling and experience mm -hmm. of like if you feel more wired, right, or if you feel more like hyper, right. Yeah. Um, the flavor of coffee comes through. The actual bean itself, the terroir, where it's grown, um, it's fat and sugar content, and then how it's roasted. Because how it's roasted is how the flavor or the properties are brought out. Um, so but a common misperception, though, is a lot of people assume that a dark roasted coffee is stronger because it has that kick. Yeah. But actually, the longer and darker you roast a coffee, the more caffeine is burnt off. So it's actually less strong when it comes to caffeine content. So that might be that might be what um, what happened to me with A. Possibly. You know, I'm yeah. coming in here and it's got that more robust uh, flavor profile. Well, you know, to, well, to be to be totally candid, A is they're both roasted at a medium. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like the actual it's called like the end of roast temperature when we drop the beans. Yeah. The end of roast temperature for B, which is 100 robusta, is much higher than the end roast end of roast temp for A. Okay. So it's just, it comes down, it's pretty, I, I believe the properties, I think in the initial um, notes of like spices that you were getting, that's just from like the nature of the bean. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful tasting. Three still my favorite. Okay. Yay. Amazing. Okay. Can I make you a, a shot of espresso right now? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, all right. Okay. So since, since C is your favorite, I'll make you a shot of uh, espresso with our actual best-selling blend, Loyalty. So uh -huh. this is our most popular blend, which makes sense that so you the, were So that one's my favorite? Yeah. Okay, see, cool. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to pour you right. a shot. All right. So the brands that she has here that uh, have been knocked out for me have been Moxie, Loyalty, and True Grit. I like those names. See, that would be... Uh, okay. So my favorite in order was uh, Loyalty. That was Glass C. Uh, I really love Glass B as like for a cigar, and that's the True Grit. So and her um, her her call out notes here. They have tasting notes on the bags. It says Scotch, grapefruit zest, and bitter melon. I shit you not. They put a whiskey on there for a tasting note. God bless them. 
Uh, and then uh, Moxie, which I thought was really big, is uh, the tasting notes. Wild berries, chocolate. I did call out chocolate, cherry, and honey. I even said a smoky honey. I don't know if it was on that one, though. But uh, what, a, what a great lineup of tasting. I don't do a lot of coffee tastings. I do a lot of coffee drinking. But uh, I don't. It's been a long time since I've done a proper coffee tasting. You know, I think when you do like when you're like a professional taster, you try to limit the amount. Of, you 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 expose yourself to other things. Don't get me wrong, but you don't want to go all in because then you get. I when I was when I was tasting wine and whiskey at the same level all the time, I could never master wine while I was focused on whiskey. And so, like, I really believe, like, as tasters, you got to choose. You can be all around, but for your specialty, you got to choose because your palate has to grow into whatever it is that you're tasting on a regular basis. But this was, this was fun. Now, now I've got an espresso I coming. I want to show you the crema. Okay. I just want to show you. I'm about to pull the shot, but I just want you to see um, the shot come through because what's really beautiful about Robusta beans is that it delivers a rich, velvety crema. That's very unique, so. All right, here we go, it's Instagram time. All right, now what do we have here? All right, this is a single shot of espresso made with our loyalty beans, which is our best-selling blend, and it's a blend of both Arabica and Robusta from Vietnam. God, it smells amazing. <laughs> mm. Wow, it's so, it's like almond sweet. Mm -hmm. I love this so much. <laughs> Yay! Oh. You know, the thing about it is I just I just look at this and I think of how awesome this is. And I know my kids would destroy it. You know, like if I brought it home and did this this nice machine here, my, my three year old would bring a baseball bat to it or something like that. I just know it. It's so good. Mm. Oh, my God. Isn't it isn't it fascinating how coffee can taste so different through oh, so yeah. many through all the different brew methods? Do you smoke cigars? I do, actually. I know you're a whiskey drinker. You're Correct. Trying to get you to come to my event tonight uh, in New York. I thought it was tomorrow. Oh, I mean, sorry, tomorrow. It yep. is tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, listen. Event. I can't keep my own schedule. Don't, <laughs> don't blame me. Uh, but um, do you want to try and get you to that? But um, this is an, this would be an epic, epic um, to go with, to go with like a little uh, cigarello from uh, mm. Italy. Like, and cigarellos are like, they're smaller cigars. Tiny, they kind of look like cigarettes, but they're not. You know, the same process. It's just, yeah. I want to. I want to be in Italy. Yeah. And and sipping this. This oh, is yeah. uh, This is beautiful. Now it's not like an Italian espresso. This is very unique. Mmm. Yeah. I love it. Yay! I'm so happy to hear that. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, we are in the in the holiday season and. Um, I think this will be a great gift for anybody uh, who's looking to buy for a coffee lover right now. So tell everybody how they can uh, find Nguyen Coffee. Sure. Uh, you can find us online at NguyenCoffeeSupply.com. That's N-G-U-Y-E-N, CoffeeSupply.com. And we ship nationwide, free shipping over $50. We have a lot of listeners in Canada. Yes. Can you get to Canada? We also ship to Canada. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we have like, every time I bring someone on and... You know, I get like 30 emails from people. I couldn't get it in Canada. I can't help you, man. You know, Canada's strict with their shipping laws. So Very, yeah. Do you, do you ever, uh, what's the like, uh, 
you have to pay a different sales tax in certain states with, with coffee, or is it pretty much the same everywhere? That's quite complicated. Yeah. Uh, um, when we're shipping to different states, I mean, that. okay, that's a whole other conversation about just like how e-commerce tax laws are evolving. Right. Um, but yeah, basically, eventually all businesses will have to pay sales tax to all the states they're shipping to. Yeah. That's a question for my accountant. Well, well, I'm fascinated by it because like in whiskey, it's like everyone's different. Like the state of Washington is like a 35% sales tax on whiskey. Mm-hmm. So it's like crazy. Yeah. And so I didn't know if coffee was going through the same thing. I can imagine Utah has a very strict uh, taxation policy toward coffee. Why? Mormons. They, they uh, banned coffee in their, oh. uh, in their, and that's where Mormons are. Yeah. yeah. They're all over, but they don't drink coffee. Utah's beautiful. I've been there several times, actually. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'll give you a little cheers. You don't have, do you have cheers, any cheers? Cheers, ideas, and cheers. Yes. Thank you All so right. much for having me, Fred. It's been so much fun you together. Know, the, pleasure, the pleasure was mine. And you're just, I love what you're doing. I love the, I love your story. But more importantly, the passion that just exudes <laughs> off you. And like, you know, I would say that you're bringing Vietnamese coffee back into the culture but i don't think it's ever really had a culture in the united states i think you're developing it mm. and i think it's a beautiful thing cheers to you thank you and i look forward to having a whiskey with you oh cheers cheers, cheers. happy holidays everyone Woo. well folks i hope you enjoyed that i hope you got everything planned for the holidays uh sarah Wynn is was our guest there of course you can go and check out her uh, coffee company and makes a great gift we've been uh, since that interview i've been drinking her coffee almost every day so it's actually really really good in a french press love it uh but that's going to do it for this week next week the next episode it's also going to be hitting very soon also about coffee my buddy tommy tardy uh joins this show and he's going to talk about what it's like to run a club in new york that is a whole different ball of wax that's going to do it out there, folks. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, give us a review. It helps us with the algorithm. And uh, tell a friend about the Fred Minnick Show. We, uh, we we could use another listener. Appreciate it, folks. Be safe out there. No licking handrails, no licking trash cans. And remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's American Whiskey, and by Heaven Hill Brands. For more information about Fred and his books, his articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.